Welcome to Edification. Enjoy and be blessed by this word tonight. Stay tuned. Shalom. Welcome to Edification. Enjoy and be blessed by this word tonight. Stay tuned. Shalom.
very good evening to you all and welcome to Wettification Tuesday. Welcome, welcome, welcome. God richly bless you for being here tonight. It's an honor to be here to share the word of God with you all. And we bless God for how far he's brought us. It is by the grace of God that we are here. And so wherever you are, share the link across and tell somebody Wettification Tuesday is online. We are live and we are ready to share the word of God with us. And tonight promises to be very interesting and very powerful as well because by the grace of God we are going to um, understand a few things. Hallelujah. And so tonight we will start and say a short word of prayer but before I do that I want us to understand that we do not own rights to the third party audios that are used on this platform um, they are only used for promotional purposes and we are backed by the law according to section 107 of the copyright act of 1976 so we are back according to the law hallelujah all right so tonight we are looking at and it's, and it's powerful tonight we are looking at the work of the holy spirit in the life of the believer the work of the holy spirit the work of the holy spirit what is the work of the holy spirit and i'm going to share a few things with us by the grace of god and i believe that it will be a blessing to each and every one of us as well amen all right shall we share a word of prayer as we begin father we thank you in the precious name of jesus thank you that you are here to teach us the word tells us that you know all things and you search all things yea even the deep things of god Father, we thank you that tonight you are here to teach us all things pertaining to the work that you do in the lives of believers. Tonight we pray that we'll be a step closer in developing a fruitful work with you in the precious name of Jesus. Help us. May we understand. Open our hearts, open our minds. May your word make an impact in our lives. In the precious name of Jesus. Jesus Christ. Amen. Alright, so so we're looking at the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, we know that for the past couple of weeks or, th or three weeks, we've been looking at the Holy Spirit and we've said a whole lot of things about the Holy Spirit. We looked at the introduction to the Holy Spirit and then we looked at the deity of the Holy Spirit, you know. And and it was, it was amazing. And tonight, we're looking at the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. The work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. All right. So, you know, uh, one thing I've not mentioned in, in these past uh, sessions that we've been having on the Holy Spirit is that, you know, most people often treat the Holy Spirit as a, as a kind of the black sheep of the Trinity, you know, and many have a flawed understanding of who the spirit is based on what 
they have experienced or what they've been taught, you know. And let's note that our misunderstandings of the Holy Spirit are, are errors that we should carefully avoid because the work of the Spirit is essential to the functioning of our Christian life. And his character and his attributes are also very essential to our understanding of how God's nature is. Therefore, in, in order to commune with the Spirit, in order to appreciate the Spirit, we must study the Scriptures. We must know what the Scriptures say about who the Spirit is and how He works in our lives. And so tonight, we're going to understand who the Spirit is in us and how He works in us. Hallelujah. Praise God. And so, tell somebody we're live, we're starting, we're on, and it's going to be amazing. Praise the Lord. All right. So, I'll share a few things about the work of the Holy Spirit. And then, after that, we'll, if there's time, we'll move to the power of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. But if there's not time, then we'll look at that next week, God willing. All right. So, the first work of the Holy Spirit in us is regeneration. Regeneration or new life. Regeneration or new life. Now, the work of the Spirit in the believer's life begins with regeneration. And that is that. It begins with what? Regeneration. And the Bible is clear that um, we are all sinful. Right? As the Bible says in Romans 3, 10, it says, as is written, none is what? Righteous. Praise God. Now, so, Bible is clear that we are all sinful, incapable of our own righteousness or spiritual life. And our minds are hostile to God. When you read Romans 8, 7 to 8, it says, for the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Praise God. So, our minds are hostile to God, and in our flesh we cannot please the Lord. How then can someone who is dead take a step towards God? How could someone who is blind see? If you are blind, how can you see? How can you, how can you know where you are going? Now, that's why the Bible tells us in the book of Titus, chapter 3, verse 3 to 7. The Bible says, When the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to His own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us through Jesus Christ our Savior. So, therefore, our salvation in His mercy comes forth by the regenerative work of the Holy Spirit. So every believer's story starts with the work of the Spirit, which brings a miraculous new birth, the regeneration, being born again. Hallelujah. So he raises, now we know that the, 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 the Holy Spirit raises the dead, he gives sight to the blind, ears to the deaf. That's the work of regeneration in the believer. So the Holy Spirit brings regeneration in the sense that we were dead, 
but we're dead, we're dead, we're condemned. But the Spirit of God regenerated us. We were born again with a newness of life, a new life, a life of God, not the life of death that we used to walk in. So the first work of the Holy Spirit is regeneration. So therefore, the Spirit, having turned a human heart towards God, now begins to work in the, in the, in the person proper. Because that's the first thing that the Holy Spirit does, regeneration. So the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit's duty is to convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. So understand, maybe some of you might say, I went to church, I heard a message being preached about, um, about the love of God and, 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 and it touched me and I went. Or the, the, the pastor's preaching was powerful and it touched me. It wasn't the pastor's preaching that was powerful. It was the Holy Spirit that brought conviction to your heart and you responded and he did his work of regeneration in your life. Sometimes, and let me, now that I'm talking about this, this example I'm just giving, let me just chip in that if you ever went to the altar because you heard a message about hell and how hell's fire is and how people shout and, and it's eternal and never stops, then you are not saved because you gave your life to Christ out of fear. But nobody gives his life to Christ out of fear. It's love. The Lord, you know, Jesus shares his love. The Father shares the love through the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit brings conviction. Conviction. Why conviction? Because he makes you aware that you need Jesus. He makes you aware of your fallen state. And he makes you aware of your need for Jesus. Of your need for Jesus to complete your life. Or to make your life whole. That's the work. The first step of the Holy Spirit's work. So that's regeneration. So the Holy Spirit proposes love to you. Love from the Father. And when you accept through the Son, He does the work of the regeneration. And you become born again. So let us check it. If you are saved because somebody was preaching about hell, and you are telling people, I've been saved for five years. How did you get saved? I got saved when the pastor was preaching about hell, and I got afraid, so I gave my life to Christ. You are not saved because you came out of fear. Perfect love casts out fear. Where there is fear, there is no perfect love. Love has not been perfected. Praise the Lord. So that's just by the way. Let's check it. Hallelujah. So that's the first work of it. Now, the second is sanctification or transformation. The work of the Holy Spirit. Sanctification or transformation. Sanctification or transformation. Now, a believer who has um, been given new life is called to no longer live like they used to. So if you were living in a way that does not please the Lord, because you have been given a new life, you are called to no longer live like you used to live. Praise the Lord. All right. Now, when you read the Bible according to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, the Bible says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, 
all things have become new. All right. So we are called to live as a new creation. We are called to live out what we have received in newness through Christ. And a believer who has been given a new life is supposed to put sin to death. And so the Bible will tell us in the book of Ephesians chapter 4 and the verse number 22, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. So a believer who has been given new life is supposed to put sin to death and to live out his new identity. And that new identity is, is that the person has been created after the likeness of God, which is in true righteousness and holiness. So the Bible clearly tells you in the book of Ephesians 4, verse 24, that we should put on the new self, which was created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. So the believer has now been what called to a new life. And he's been admonished not to live in the old, but in the newness of the new life, according to how he has been created in this new identity, which is after the likeness of God in righteousness and holiness. And the believer, which is you and I, we are to imitate and obey Christ. So you realize that the book of 1 John chapter 2 and the verse number 6 will tell us that whosoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way which he walked. So we are, we are, we are, we are admonished, we are encouraged as believers to imitate and to obey Christ according to his word. Now, although the power and the, and, the, and the presence of sin remain after the new birth, through the work of the Spirit, believers are being transformed. We, we experience what constant transformation because the power and the presence of sin remain. After the new birth, it remains. But because of the work of the Spirit, it is transforming us from how we used to be into the identity of Christ. Christ likeness. So when you read a scripture like 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, right? 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18, the Bible tells us clearly, it says that, and we all with unveiled face, right? Continually seeing as in the mirror the glory of the Lord are progressively being transformed into his image from one degree of glory to even more glory which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So it is through the Spirit's power and work that the believer can grow up into Christ-likeness. Beloved, the goal of God's regenerative power or work is that we should be transformed into the likeness of Christ. And since the Holy Spirit is responsible for sanctification, the believer is, which is you and I, we are supposed to be dependent upon him in order to live a life of joyful what? obedience. And understand that Believers, we are supposed to be filled with the Spirit. True or false? We are supposed to be filled with the Spirit. So, you realize that Ephesians 5 verse 18 tells us, And do not get drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. So, the believer is to be filled with the Spirit, which means that the believer can and will obey God. So, the righteousness we once hated is now something we delight in. It's now something we long for. And the desires of the flesh may no longer be what? Gratified. Why? Because of the power, the transformative power of the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So Galatians 5 and the verse 16 says, But I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify. 
So realize that as you are walking by the Spirit, He is transforming your old self, which was submissive to gratify the desires of the flesh, to no longer gratify the desires of the flesh, because He is transforming you. And understand that He also empowers the believer to act in what I call sacrificial work, service towards their neighbor. So, the Holy Spirit will cause us to have love, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Remember, the point two is sanctification or transformation. So, he empowers the believer, that is you and I, to act in what? Sacrificial service. So, the book of 1 John chapter 4, verse 10, Bible tells us, in, in this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Hallelujah. And, and you realize that the book of Romans 5, verse 8 tells us that, but God shows his love for us in that while we're still sinners, Christ died for us. So, he empowers us to act in sacrificial service towards our neighbor. Towards our neighbor. And what's the proof of that? In the book of Matthew, chapter 22, and the verse 39, the Bible says, And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Praise God. So the Holy Spirit transforms us to be like Christ. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. Christ came and died for the ungodly. And the same Spirit works in us, and the result thereof is the fruit of the Spirit, which we see. Hallelujah. And then still under sanctification or uh, transformation, let me also say that the Spirit will sanctify the saints. That's you and I. But sanctification does not happen right away. Please, let's understand that in our Christian work, there will be struggles, there will be temptations, there will be successes, there will be failures. We will fall short of living out our new identity and will, you know, and at times we will choose to gratify the flesh than trusting in the promises of God. However, with all that being said, a believer cannot go on sinning with a clear conscience because the indwelling of the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin and of righteousness. So as we move on in our Christian work, the, one of the reasons of the Holy Spirit being in us is to convict us of sin and of righteousness in John 16 verse 8. It talks about it. Hallelujah. So you realize that another work of the Holy Spirit is to transform us onto Christ-likeness and to sanctify us. But sanctification does not happen right away. Just like transformation also does not happen right away. They both take time. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now, the next point, so we are speaking about um, regeneration or the new life. And I was speaking about transformation or sanctification all right so the third point is that the, 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 the work of the holy spirit is that he testifies to christ he testifies to christ he testifies to christ hallelujah now i want to say this in a way that we will all understand it and will make meaning for us um the Spirit works by testifying to, to the believer the sufficiency 
of who Christ is and what Christ has done. So one of the things the Holy Spirit does in us is that he makes us know the fullness of who Christ is. He, he teaches us the fullness. He brings to bear the fullness of who Christ is and the fullness of what he has done in our lives. That is why when you read the book of John, um, chapter 15, verse 26, the Bible tells us that um, when it says, when the advocate comes whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. This is Jesus talking. He says the Holy Spirit will testify about me. So the Holy Spirit testifies to us about Christ. And how does he do that? He bears witness to Christ's perfect life, to his obedience, to the way he, he was able to absorb the wrath of God. He substituted us for himself, for the forgiveness and for the cleansing of sin. You know, his, his, his perfect righteousness, which he imputed to all those who trust in him. And finally, he talks about his marvelous resurrection, showing the power of our death and the power of our sin. The Holy Spirit testifies about all these things to us, believers. It's a work of the Spirit. It's a work of the Spirit. Now, not only does he do that, he also bears witness to us that because of this work of Christ, and despite our weaknesses and despite our sins, God has adopted us as his own children. So, the Bible tells us in the book of um, 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 Romans, chapter number 8, and I think verse 16 to 17, the Bible tells us that the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in the glory. So, the believer, which is you and I, we have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry Abba Father so it does not matter how weak a believer feels or how much he's struggling through the spirit he can always cry out to the father beloved understand that it does not matter how much you are struggling you can always call out to the father by the spirit now Galatians 4 verse 6 tells us that and because you are sons God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Praise God. So, the spirit is a help and an encouragement, even in the dark, the dark times. In your season of struggling, the spirit will break through to comfort you and to remind you, the believer, of the work of Christ on his behalf and God's love for you as a son. So, he never stops bearing witness about Christ, who Christ is, and the work that he has done. And he reminds you of God's love, a love that never ends, a love that never gives up, a love that is unstoppable, a love that is always and forever what it is. Praise God. That's one of the works of the Holy Spirit. Out of the works of the Holy Spirit. I believe we are we are we are we are learning something. Hallelujah. I believe we are learning something 
and, and, and is making sense to us as well. Praise God. Now, the next point is that the Holy Spirit, the work of the Holy Spirit is that He secures. And I'll explain that. He secures. He secures. I'll explain it. Now, the book of uh, Ephesians chapter 1. The book of Ephesians chapter 1 verse um, 13 to verse 14. You know, the Bible tells us that and you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth. The gospel of your salvation and believed in him were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. That's Ephesians 1 verse 13 to 14. Amen. Now, I said that one of the works of the Holy Spirit is he secures. Now, you are secured or the believer is secured through the Holy Spirit when he puts his faith in Christ. Now, not only does the Spirit of God get the believer in through regeneration, but the Spirit also is the guarantee that will make it to the end. So the same book of Ephesians 4, verse 30, tells us that, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So, the Holy Spirit gets you into the, into the kingdom by faith, through regeneration, you are born again. But he's the same person who is the guarantee, the seal on you. That, that will show us proof that you make it to the end. So when you receive Christ, you are sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of your inheritance, until you acquire possession of it. So we receive Christ by faith, we receive eternal life by faith, we receive regeneration by faith, but we will see it in its physicality at the end when the Holy Spirit, who has who has what sealed that on us, will receive, will see it physically. So the believer with this mindset has a full confidence that in Christ God's view of us isn't going to change. What am I trying to say? We have been given a down payment. which is a third of the full Godhead, which is the Spirit. So at the down payment is the Holy Spirit in us. Now, the Spirit ensures that what God has started in us, which is through regeneration and sanctification, will also be brought to completion. So the Spirit's duty to bring us into Christ-likeness, yes, but also what He has started, which is regeneration and sanctification, the process of transforming us to be like Christ, He will also bring to completion. So, uh, so Philippians 1 and the verse number 6 will tell us, and I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ or Christ Jesus. And that's why Paul, in the book of 1 Peter chapter 1, um, I think verse, verse, um, verse 3 to 5, the Bible tells us that it says, Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead 
and unto an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last day. So, regeneration and glorification are a package deal. That is to say, when one is born again, it is to an inheritance that is secure. So, so you and I, we are absolutely and firmly and eternally secure because he is being guarded or we are being guarded by the very power of God, which is the Spirit himself. And that is a great hope. That is a great assurance that we have as believers because we have the Spirit of God. No matter how weak you feel, no matter how weary you may feel, have a great assurance because God has promised to sustain you to the very end. He will not leave you. He will not what? He will not leave you. That is what the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And the verse number 8, it says, Who will sustain you to the end, guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ? It's the Holy Spirit who will sustain you to the end and present you blameless, guiltless in the day of the Lord Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I hope you have been blessed tonight. I hope you have been blessed. Now, the next point is that the work of the Holy Spirit, the next work of the Holy Spirit is that he distributes spiritual gifts. He distributes spiritual gifts. He distributes spiritual gifts. Praise God. All right. Um, I, I want to say this under that. Um, when you read 1 Corinthians 12, verse 11, Bible says, All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Right? So I want to say that the Spirit of God, which is the Holy Spirit, also works in the life of the believer by distributing spiritual gifts as he wills. Now, what we consider to be spiritual gifts are different kinds of service to God. And the purpose of it is to build up the body of Christ in love. So, the same 1 Corinthians 12 and the verse number 5 tells us that, and there are varieties of service by the same law. You get that? So, the purpose of the gifts is for the building up of the body of Christ in love. So, the Spirit works in us believers to encourage each other, to uplift each other, to challenge each other, and also to edify each other. One thing we should understand is that the Holy Spirit becomes more alive and working. When the church is united and when we are thriving as each member of the body functions in his or her gifts. Now, the wisdom here is that without the Spirit giving different gifts to his people, the church will be as useless as a body made up of just hands and eyes. Hands and eyes, imagine your whole body was made of hands and eyes. Useless, trust me. Very useless. 
But when we allow the work of the Spirit to encourage, edify, uplift, encourage, you realize that the Holy Spirit becomes alive in the body and He works in His full capacity. So, you realize that 1 Corinthians 12, the same 12, I think verse 17, says, If the whole body were an eye, where would be the, the sense of hearing? If the whole body was an ear, what would be the sense of smell? So, you realize that we cannot all be prophets. We cannot all have the gifts of faith. We cannot all have the power gifts. We cannot all have that. Else we'll be useless. So, God, by His will, has placed some gifts on certain people and other gifts on other people. And together, we make the body of Christ work. And we make the Holy Spirit come alive. Oh, hallelujah. I know we are getting it. Let me know if you, are, if you are getting Let me know if it's making sense to you. Let me know if it's making sense to you. If you are enjoying tonight's teaching by the grace of God. Hallelujah. So let's understand it in that context. The work of the Holy Spirit. Alright. So we give about five of them. When we are still moving by the grace of God. Now. The next point I want to talk about under that is is that the Holy Spirit, one of the works of the Holy Spirit is that He teaches and He reminds us. He teaches us and He also what? Reminds us. He teaches us and He does what? He reminds us as well. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Now, <clears throat> In the book of John chapter 14, verse 26, I, I hope I'm right with the scripture. John 14, verse 26. Now, Jesus told his disciples, he said something. He said, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Now, the Greek word parakletos in this passage is translated helper. Okay? Now, when you read, I think NIV, NIV Bible, it tells you advocate. When you read King James, it tells you about counselor. When you read the ESV, it says um, helper. Now, the meaning of, this word, of these words, helper, advocate, counselor, relates to the word legal counsel. So what it means is that what it means is that the Holy Spirit provides wise counsel to the followers of Christ. Now Jesus knew that he would be going away and that his followers would need the Holy Spirit as a helper and an advocate to do what? To remind them of his teachings. So in the context of the disciples Christ was leaving, but he said, I'm sending the Holy Spirit to you. Who will help you? How? He will bring to remembrance all that I have said to you in person that you may have forgotten. He will remind you all the time. So, beloved, by the grace of God, the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit inspired the writing of the Bible. So, when you pick up the Bible, you pick up God's word. 
to us. And as you read it, sometimes you may forget it, but the Holy Spirit will be there to teach when you are reading and don't understand it and to remind you if you have forgotten about it. Oh, hallelujah. So you realize that this is the Holy Spirit at work in us. And it's amazing. It's beautiful. We can have the Holy Spirit in His fullness and to our benefit like this. Hallelujah. Yes. And it's amazing. Now, the next point also is that the Holy Spirit is a source of wisdom. It's a source of power and revelation. It's a source of wisdom, a source of power, a source of revelation. Now, the scripture that I wanted to quote for us, but uh, I, I hope I remember. Um, now, when you read the, the book of... Um, Okay, yes, I've got it. Now, the book of 1 Corinthians 2, verse 10 to 11. The Bible says that there, these are the things God has revealed to us by His Spirit. Then it says, The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except for their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. So, what it means is that God has given His followers the Holy Spirit. So that we will know him better. Now, since the Holy Spirit is God's Spirit, it knows the thoughts of God and reveals those thoughts of God to believers. How? The Holy Spirit opens the eye of believers to the hope of salvation and the inheritance we have in Christ. So, the Holy Spirit will make you see, actually, to bear who you are in Christ, what you have in Christ. Now, Jesus knew that the disciples would need the power of, of God to carry out their mission to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. So he told them in Acts 1 and verse 8, the famous scripture, but you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So realize that Christians have access to power. We have access to Revelation. We have access to wisdom from the Holy Spirit. And you realize that the Apostle Paul in the book of Ephesians 1 verse 17 to the verse 20 he says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus the glorious Father may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. You see that? Then he says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance to his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. And he says that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and he seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. Can you imagine that? He says the power that is available to us who believe is the same power that raised Christ from the dead and placed him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. You didn't get that. That's the level of power that we have. So, 
the work of the Holy Spirit, one of the works of the Holy Spirit is that he becomes a source, he becomes a well of revelation, a well of wisdom, a well of power to us. So you need revelation on something, you are reading the scriptures, you don't get it, you need revelation about something, he's a well, he's a source of revelation because he knows the deep things of God. So he's a source. You need wisdom on, on something, you are, you, are, you are going to sign a business deal, you don't, you don't know if it's right. You're going to start a business, you don't know if it's right. You're going to do something, you don't know if it's right. He's a source of wisdom. And he's a source of power. Look at it. Look, look at the apostles. The Bible says that handkerchiefs and aprons left, the, the, I think, Peter. And it fell on the sick people and they were healed. He said the shadow was healing people. Power, raw power was at work. Raw what? Power. Raw power. Hallelujah. The next point will be ending soon. The next point is that the Holy Spirit is a seal in the lives of believers. He's a seal. He's a seal. He's a seal in the life of believers. He is a seal in the life of believers. Now, in the ancient world, seals were used. S-E-A-L, seals, they were used. Now, what is a seal? Um, a seal was, in the, in the ancient world, obviously, a seal was a legal signature. That was um, attesting ownership and validating what was sealed. So if something was sealed and so that nobody would suspect that it had been tampered with, there was a seal placed on it. So let's say an envelope. So they would use super glue and stuff. In those days, there was no super glue. So there was a seal that was placed at the back of the envelope, of the envelope so that if it's tampered with, we'll know because it will be broken. The seal will be broken. Hallelujah. So the legal signature, which is a seal, was attest, attesting ownership and also validating whatever was sealed. All right. Now, the Holy Spirit is a mark of adoption as God's children. Okay, so the, the proof that we are adopted as God's children is the Holy Spirit. And He's our mark. Hallelujah. Praise God. So Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to His followers so that they could be confident in their salvation. So, in our normal everyday life, for example, just as you might make a deposit on a car, so that the person will not sell it to anybody else, or maybe not even a car, any other thing. Maybe you want to buy some utensils set, and you don't have the full money yet. You want to buy some uh, things for the house. You don't have the money yet. You can make a down payment, you know, so that the salesperson doesn't sell to anybody. It's a sort of uh, a commitment. So in that sense, the Holy Spirit is a deposit in our lives. For what? The Holy Spirit is a deposit which confirms the validity of Christ's message that we are saved, that salvation, and that we belong to Christ. We are the property of Christ. And that is why the book of Ephesians 1 again, verse number 13, it tells us, and you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, 
the gospel of what? Salvation. And it says, when you believed, you were marked in him with the seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. So, understand that the Holy Spirit is a seal in your life as a believer. He's a seal. He's a deposit. He's a seal that testifies to the validity of the message of Christ and the fact that we belong to Christ. He owns us. Christ owns us. We are the property of Christ. And the proof of it is the Holy Spirit in us. It's a deposit. It's a seal. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, uh, last but two points. The next point is that the Holy Spirit, the work of the Holy Spirit, the next point is that the Holy Spirit helps in our weakness and the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. Helps in our weakness and intercedes for us. Praise God. Alright. Now, we know in the book of Romans chapter 8 verse 26 to 27. I know most of us are Bible scholars, so we can easily, you know, quote it. And the Bible says that in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Pay attention to verse 27. It says that, And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And I said that the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness and also intercedes for us. Now, hear me. We all have times we feel weak and we don't know what to do about the weakness. Now, in those times, what happens is that the Holy Spirit, based on this word that we just read, which is the word of God, which is the truth of God, in those times of weakness and desperation, the Holy Spirit will help us line up with God's will. How? By interceding for us. In the same way, the Spirit helps us. Hallelujah. And the verse 27 says, He who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. So, the Holy Spirit in us intercedes for us. In times of weaknesses. Hallelujah. So understand that you have this gift of the Holy Spirit. Why then won't you build a relationship with Him? We have this gift of the Holy Spirit. Let us build a relationship with Him. Amen. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Now, a scripture like Titus 3, verse 4 to 6, the Bible says, He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So, we should understand that we are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. 
Because if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in us, then we must not be in the flesh. Because if you do not have the Spirit of Christ, you are not the property of Christ. In other words, if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you are not God's property. Yeah. So tonight, I want to end by saying that when we come to the scripture, we see that the Holy Spirit is valued. He's loved as an essential person of the Trinity, the Godhead. I mean, and based on that, we should therefore love Him. We should trust Him. We should rely on Him. Most importantly, we should communion with Him or commune with Him, for lack of a better way to say it. Because there are a lot of things he does. He regenerates, he's sanctifying us, he's securing us, he's edifying us, he's unifying the body as well. These are things he's doing. We have a, it's a charge for us, is 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 to encourage us to get close to God. And as we do that, we will grow in him, and Christ's likeness will be seen in us. We begin to see it. We begin to see it as it is. By the grace of God. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Wow. And so, wow. I believe we've been blessed by tonight's message. The work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the people. I want you to just talk to God in about 30 seconds. And tell the Lord that you want to see all these works being played in your life and therefore you want to tell him that you want an active relationship with him. let him know that you want an active relationship let him know let him know in the next few minutes let him know let him know that you want an active relationship active one active one active one active one talk to him he can hear you he can hear you he can hear you he can hear you talk to him Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, be exalted. Be exalted. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for a mighty, mighty thing you've started in us by your Spirit. We pray that it shall be effected and it shall come to pass. We thank you so much. We thank you so much for what you have started in us by your Holy Spirit. And we pray that whatever you have started, you shall bring it to a full completion, even in the day of Christ Jesus. Amen. 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 And amen. God richly bless you for tonight. It's been an honor for the past almost, yes, an hour sharing God's word with us, precisely the work of the Holy Spirit. And next week, we'll be looking at the power of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. And then if there's time after that, we'll look at the conforming work of the Holy Spirit. How the Holy Spirit does the work of making us Christ-like. Hallelujah. Remember, there's a lot of more to look at. We're going to look at the fruit of the Spirit. 
we're going to look at the Holy Spirit as um, um, as a Bible expositor. We're going to look at the Holy Spirit in the world today. We're going to look at um, um, the work of the Holy Spirit in the last days. We're going to look at the seal of the Holy Spirit. We're going to look at the work of the Holy Spirit in the church today. Then we're going to move, we are going to look at the flowing of the Spirit in the church, and we're going to look at the gifts. Oh, it's going to be amazing. We're going to look at the word of knowledge, the gift of discerning of spirits, the gift of faith, the gift of miracles, the gift of healing, the gift of tongues, um, the gift of interpretation, prophecy helps, teaching, giving, mercy, and then we'll look finally at how to receive your gift of the Spirit as well. Hallelujah. So it's going to be an exciting journey in this year as we uncover and unravel the Holy Spirit together. You don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss it at all. And note that if somebody has um, maybe is not available to listen to the message live after here, I'll be sending out the link for the person to be able to listen to it after after I've gone offline, um, and then the person can listen to it you know, for free. And please know that all my messages are for free. We don't charge anything. Anything. It's all free. Hallelujah. Let's watch out to for um by by the end of the year or next year, God willing. Um, we are waiting for the, the, the spirits leading, right? We'll be we'll be releasing a book out which we are working on, and it's gonna be to the glory of God, and we will see we will see that it shall help, you know, it shall be a blessing to us. So when you are praying, pray with us as well that when we when we get the release, we'll be able to do it as well, right? Yeah. So also let's note special announcement is that our special month of emphasis, spiritual emphasis, is beginning in the month of March, from the first of March to the thirty first of March. We're gonna be amazing. We are fasting the whole month of March. If you can, you can fast with us. It's not, it's not any pressure, please. But if you can fast, you can fast with us from the month of March, the 1st to the 31st. The theme for the fasting will come out pretty shortly. We will, we will get to know what it is. Amen. And I'll be, I'll be live. I'll be live 7 p.m. each night. I'll be live 7 p.m. each night. 7 p.m. each night. So, so keep that in mind. I'll be live 7 p.m. each night from the 1st to the 31st of March. So every day from the 1st to the 31st, I'll be online and it will be a blessing. You, you don't want to miss it. It's going to be a blessing. And then also, the famous laugh season is coming in the month of February. And we are going to have a wonderful session. The date and the theme for our love season will be out shortly as well. And we'll get to know when it's going to happen. Well, we're going to share a lot of things on on love and um, relationships. And where we're going to receive questions and um, answer, try to answer the questions as well. We're working on a few things as well. So let's, it's going to be, it's going to be massive, you know, massive. So keep praying with us that God will give us a grace to execute all these things. You know. And please note that if anybody calls you in the name of modification 
or the burning lamp asking for a seed or an offering or something please know that this is not us we don't do stuff like that it is fake and we don't do that amen all right so we want to thank you once again for coming on tonight it's, a, it's an honor to have you guys and it's a privilege to share the word of god with us i believe that we have been blessed and we're going to carry on the message across this year we are moving together with the holy spirit and it's going to be amazing hallelujah and so i'll sign off off to here tonight and then hopefully on friday we're going to have we're going to have our midnight experience prayer from 10 p.m to 11 p.m you don't want to miss it it's always getting hotter and hotter so next week next week tuesday we're having modification part five where we are looking at the power of the holy spirit in the believer's life all right about this friday which will be i think the 28th or so we're looking at midnight experience 10 p.m to 11 p.m you don't want to miss it and so beloved i ask that the lord will keep you tonight that he shall protect you and that your sleep shall be sweet may the rest of the week smile upon you may you receive a miracle may you receive a breakthrough may you receive a testimony to the glory of god in jesus mighty name amen and so take care of yourselves i love you all understand that the holy spirit is closer than you think god bless you enjoy your evening good night and shalom goodbye
Spoon!